Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe there as well. Okay, so very excited about this because... I mean, we know Darko Ryukovic is now the Raptors head coach, but we want to understand more about his Serbian background and how that has informed who he is today. And to do that, Filip Markovic, sorry, I had to do it. I had to try. Did I, did oh. I get it? Yes, that's fine. Yes, Hi. I got it. All right. Yeah, I got it. Of Serbian Toronto TV. So he's a local for us. And uh, at the press conference yesterday, he asked a question in Serbian. And I was like, mm, this could be an interesting person to talk to. What did you ask him again? I just asked him what his uh, first impressions are of the city, uh, considering that Toronto has a huge Serbian diaspora and uh, how he's adapted so far to uh, his surroundings. Oh, you told me uh, before we started recording, you told me that how many Serbians are here? Uh, so he told me 50,000, but I, we, after a little bit of research, there's actually 25,000 uh, Serbians alone in Toronto. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of us. There's a, lot, there's a big community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that is one of the bigger communities in the world, I believe. Of, exactly, uh, exactly, exactly. So uh, there's actually a, a, lot, a lot more um, ter- uh, Serbians in Toronto or in Canada in general than there are Serbians in actually cities in Serbia, uh, to, put it, to put it into perspective. So uh, a lot of us moved from Serbia to uh, cities like Toronto or even Chicago uh, during yeah. or during the war in the 90s and um we've all just been living in toronto since and the number is growing beautiful what are the popular dishes food in food, serbia dishes in serbia uh chevapi are uh very uh popular they're uh little meat rolls uh pieskavice which is basically just a uh like a burger patty but you can eat it just by itself with a little bit of onion on the side Beautiful. Uh, you can add kaimak, which is like a Serbian cream cheese slash butter. It's uh, it's uh, there's a lot of calories in our in our uh, diet. I must admit, <laughs> very, very meat heavy. Uh, but if meat is not your thing, oh, we also have uh, burek, which is uh, mm-hmm. a type of uh, uh, you can make it into a meat pie, but traditionally you can also eat it as a cheese pie. Nice. Uh, so that's kind of like the your typical Serbian meals. And uh, where is the Serbian community located in Toronto? Uh, mainly, we are found in the Etobicoke area. Uh, okay. If you get, get, give it a little perspective, uh, the 427 Highway and Burnanthorpe Road. So that's kind of the area where uh, the Serbs are the most saturated. Uh, but we're honestly spread out throughout all of the whole GTA, uh, such as the, 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 the East End, such as North York, especially East York. And yeah. a lot of us are found in Hamilton and Kitchener. No kidding. I wonder if Darko knows that. We should ask mm. him that. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, I brought on Philly because, I mean, this is obviously like a, a big moment for <clears throat> European basketball, for Serbia, and it would be cool to know more about that aspect of it because we've learned so much about his NBA journey um, from the G League to the NBA to where he is now. But what about those steps prior to that? And how has that informed the person he is today? So reaction to Serbia. Right off the bat. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, I spoke to a few uh, family members in Serbia. They were looking forward to it definitely uh it was a, it was it, it got a big reaction here in toronto especially considering um, the community we have you know people were just posting stories on instagram tweeting it uh as soon as i saw it for example i immediately screenshotted it showed it to my friends they got a big reaction out of it my serbian friends they're like mm-hmm. and my non-serbian friends i'm like yeah you know like we're we're taking over the nba <laughs> and, um uh my dad for example was a big fan uh, we're just all incredibly proud how fast I feel like as a nation we're being recognized. Jokic mm-hmm. uh, um, just on a global on a global scale with Jokic, with Djokovic and tennis, and uh, amongst other athletes. And uh, so yeah, it was it was a big honor, and I'm just I'm just more so excited to bring in a little bit of a fresh tactic, especially in the NBA, uh, especially to the Raptors. Yeah, so, uh, it, it got it got a big reaction from the Serbian community, especially here in Toronto and and back home. So, where does he rank in terms of popularity, celebrity in Serbia right now? I'm I'm well, guessing he's behind Yo- uh, Nikola Jokic and Novak Djokovic, but after that, is he close? Uh, I'll be I'll be honest. Uh, he's not that popular. He's not that popular, considering that he never coached. At the senior level, when he was in Serbia, he coached uh, mainly at the youth at the at the youth level. Right. Uh, he, it's I'm not saying that he's not known, but uh, he uh, being considering he was an assistant coach in the NBA, he's he's also very well known here, which is also a very important thing. Uh, but he he's definitely behind Jokic and Djokovic. <laughs> um, and I mean, look, he's just trying to follow the footsteps of um, of our famous coach and and, and previous player. Alexander Djordjevic, who was the mm-hmm. uh, Serbian national uh, coach for about seven years. Yeah. Seven years. And um, he's a young guy, right? He's in his 40s. And I think he has a lot to, uh, he has a good resume, but he, has all, he also has a lot to prove. But uh, we're optimistic about it. And the good thing is people are just starting to get to know him. Yeah. Uh, I met him for the first time personally yesterday. Uh, he seems like a stand-up guy, nice guy professional uh confident which i uh which i saw in him and he's happy to be here in toronto which uh, i think we could all appreciate and yeah. I, think, I think he's a coach i feel that he might be the coach we all need right now and uh that, that's all i'm gonna say on that matter for now we'll see how, <laughs> we'll see how it turns out but we're, i'm confident just like he is yeah i mean i don't blame you for saying that i mean everything that uh, we're seeing from him and uh the culture reset that the raptors are trying to get going here it seems to me that he could be the answer just because of everything we've learned about him so far and also you know just digging in a little bit on who he is and also serbian basketball in general this is a shift and it's not just because of the fact that he's european his personality his charisma um how he interprets players how he articulates information to players that is all going to shift from what we saw under nick nurse and and so forth but just basketball in serbia right like is it number one is it number two and yeah let's start there basketball in serbia great topic yeah so basketball in serbia is by far uh the number one sport in the country it's our like like, hands down hands down it's our it's our national sport 
Okay. Uh, so, some could argue tennis, but that's only because of Djokovic. If it wasn't for Djokovic, tennis wouldn't be uh, what it is today. Uh, soccer is up there, but uh, we've had we're, we just have have not had any success as a nation when it comes to soccer. Uh, yeah. way, we we suck when it comes to the World Cup. We haven't made it the Euro Cup as an independent country. So yeah, uh, yeah, soccer is not really in the equation there. But no, the, with uh, undisputably basketball is the number one sport. Um, it kind of runs the culture in our in our in our country, and um, and that's exactly the kind of philosophy that Darko should be bringing to the Raptors. It's also a very much so different style of play, uh, the European and the Serbian basketball as opposed to the uh, Western North American yeah. style of play. Uh, I think that it's 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 still going. It's still it's still gone as underappreciated. Um, and people are noticing yet how developed and beautiful the Serbian basketball is. And uh, you can you can kind of tell through uh, the drafts how low uh, how low the um, draft picks such as Jokic or recently most recently Jovic were. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that this is a great opportunity to show the NBA, the Western Hemisphere, uh, what exactly Serbian basketball is all about. And um, I, I would say we're up there. I mean, we we a lot of the times when it comes to uh, when it comes to international tournaments, Serbia comes in second place. USA tops tops the tournament every year, but when it comes to, when it comes to FIBA competitions or, or the yeah. other Olympics, um, we see the a USA Serbia final pretty often. And uh, hey, we give we give the USA a hard time. I'm, I'm, I'll admit, and um, it's it, it's huge. It's huge in Serbia and I hope that it becomes recognized in America and Canada very soon through Dodko's coaching, hopefully through Raptor style of play and mm-hmm. uh, more Serbian players could join the league. I mean, the you could dispute that the best player in the in the league currently is Serbian with Nikola Jokic, so Yep. Yeah. Do you know all the Serbian players in the NBA right Ooh. now? Good question. Good question. You uh, mentioned two of them already. Yo- Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovic are two yes, of them. Yes, yes. We have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yes. The third. Uh, Boban Marjanovic. Yes. Big Bobby. We have uh, Pokushevsky from OKC. Uh-huh. Remind me his first name. It's A L E. K S E J. I don't want to mess it up. Alexander, Alexander Pokushevsky. Okay, so it is that then. <laughs> he's young. He's young as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that all of them? I th- that is yes. Uh, the 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 other one that you could think about is uh, Nurmanja Bijelica. Bielica, yeah, Bielica. Yeah, he uh, he won the title with the Golden State last year. I w- I was gonna name him, but I know he doesn't play in the NBA this year anymore. Yes, so, yes. But he, he, he's a huge player for Serbia and our national team. Absolutely. Okay, so you know your stuff then, and you've met some of these guys too. Exactly, yeah. Working with uh, Serbian Toronto TV has uh, has given me that opportunity. Uh, we've interviewed Bogdanovic so far, and I've interviewed uh, Nikola Jovic. That was actually yeah. really cool. that was a cool interview because we interviewed him the day of the Miami Toronto game, and we interviewed him at the at the training facility at the Scotiabank Arena. So yeah. I got to go in, I got to go inside, and I got to literally see all the players uh practice right in front of me you know jimmy butler's right there sitting on the bench uh there you go. Talking, talking smack to his teammates 
Uh, Adebayo looked huge. Um, uh, Jovic is an 03. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't three yet. He's like three heads taller than me. It was it was uh, it was really intimidating <laughs> to see. Uh, it was nice to see Lowry again being interviewed. Hundred um, yeah, so, percent. Yeah, I've interviewed uh, two of them so far. Didn't get the Jokic interview. Hopefully next year. Yeah, we can, uh, we can maybe nail that down. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, like I, lo- I love interviewing them, especially in uh, in the native language. I think they appreciate uh, hearing somebody from their own language. They can relate to that. It was actually pretty uh, heartwarming talking to to, to Nikola Jovic. As uh, I said, he's 2003, right? So he's about 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was nervous for the interview. He was very nervous for the interview. What? Yeah, he was, he was like fixing his hair. And I thought, wow, this, is, this, is, this guy's in the NBA. And, uh, but I, it, was, it was really nice talking to him. He's a very down-to-earth guy. Um, he gave a great interview. Uh, and uh, yeah, just, just honestly good vibes from, from all players. Yeah. The amount of times I've seen Raptor players fixing their hair and looking in a mirror before they do even like a, a practice availability, like yeah. that happens. So um, I get it. I mean, you got to look yeah. your best, right? You're in front of the camera. Are there some commonalities between the players that you've interviewed or even just like Serbian players now, historically, is there something that connects them in their basketball skills, their personalities, character? They're all just easy to again. It's it's more so personality traits that are very similar. I would say. Um, I used to I used to attend uh, Raptors Serbian nights that actually still go on. I think uh, once a really? year. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it's when uh, a team with a Serbian player comes comes um, like when when a team comes to the Scotia Scotia Bank that has a Serbian player such as Denver or OKC, and uh, let's say that player is Jokic. It, the they organize like a Serbian night at Scotiabank Arena, and at halftime, there's actually a uh, traditional Serbian dance being performed on the court. Nice. I don't, I don't know if you've ever attended those. I I didn't know there was a. a I know they've done that before. Different uh, from different countries, they'll have uh, some sort of night with it. But I didn't know there was a Serbian one. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, there's been a, there's been Serbian. Nights. Won't be the last, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the last time I've been to one was 2019, for example. That's when the Hawks came. Yeah. Uh, with with Bogdanovic, and at halftime there was a dance, and at the end of the game, all Serbs came behind the net, sat down, and Bogdan came out and uh, answered just questions from the stands. Yeah. So, uh, and then from so, and that dates back to about 2012 when Peja Stojakovic played for Raptors that one season. Great shooter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Slingshot, jeez. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he came. He 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 was all part of that Serbian night, and he came um, after the game and answered questions. And just looking at those players from um, different generations, there isn't really a difference in personality. They're very down to earth. Uh, who are all players that come from very humble beginnings, I would say, mm-hmm. um, from war torn Serbia. Some of them, uh, you know, they built that that resilience that no yeah. other player can relate to. Um, Funny story as well, Vlade Divac, he went to the same elementary school as my mom. And ah. uh, they know each other every time uh, she goes to Belgrade in the summers. Uh, you know, he, she would maybe hit him up and they'd just meet up for a cup of coffee. Very nice guy as well. So, um, you know, No kidding. They're, they're very similar in that way. Exactly. Yeah. We're all very we're all very tied. And you're like that too? Uh, yeah, I would say so. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Serbian philosophy. Yes. Yes, and I think we can see that as well in Darko. 
And even the way he conducted himself yesterday, you would, if you didn't know who he was at all, and you didn't research a, a single thing about him, you would probably say humble, um, energetic, driven, but also probably willing to listen to. Um, yeah. he, he can probably take some negative feedback. And you think about, you know, some of the interviews he's done, and you can tell that there's a passion about him, about basketball. And he's confident. He's like, I, I feel like this is the way you need to play. However, if you got something that you think that you're very strongly, like, feel very strongly about, let's yeah. talk about it. It's about like the ultimate goal. And uh, yeah, you, you like the personality that he's bringing to the Toronto Raptors. I think it is something that they've been missing, especially with the player development side, which we're going to get to in a second. But it, it yeah. seems like he cares about the development of people, not just yeah. basketball players, but grow. And how can I help you grow? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think as an assistant coach, you are very focused on the players mm -hmm. and their development. And he has been able to do that as an assistant coach with the three teams that he's coached. And now he's kind of bringing that knowledge um, as a head coach. And we all know what happened with Nick Nurse, who was also an assistant coach for us. And mm -hmm. in his first year as head coach, we all know what happened. And um, I think I, I, I just always like the idea of hiring an assistant coach because they have this personal touch with the players that the head coach just quite doesn't. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you can, you can tell that he's really just excited and the way he talks about basketball and the way he said how his jaw hurts from smiling so much, <laughs> how excited he is to be in Toronto. Um, that's another thing you don't see very often uh, with players or coaches being that excited to come to this city. Um, we know, we all know how short of a spell players have had here in the past yeah, uh, players are known to be in Toronto maybe for a year or two years before they leave. Um, you know, being Canada isn't ideal for all players around the NBA, so it's really nice to see someone being as excited as Darko to be uh, joining the Raptors. So, when it comes to the youth systems that Darko has led um, a little bit in Serbia, what exactly is that? I mean, what is, what would be his role? Is it kind of an advisor, a basketball advisor, to a degree? Uh, well, he was he was the head coach for the youth systems for, yeah. the, for, the, youth, for the youth teams of this of the senior teams such as uh, uh, Borac Chachak, where he's from, yeah. and Servan Zvezda. So uh, we can talk about Servan Zvezda, for example. Uh, so Servan Zvezda Belgrade is the uh, biggest sports club in in Serbia, and they're based in in Belgrade, the capital. Okay, and uh, they have uh, a basketball team. They have a soccer team, football team, hockey team. So in in, in Europe, they're they're well known for their organizations. Uh, so for their sports clubs rather than individual organizations, and uh, the fact that he coached even the youth team for Zvezda uh, means a, says a lot, I think. And uh, mm -hmm. the culture in Serbia is the, the basketball culture in Serbia is huge, especially for a team like Zvezda. And um, I think that's a really good thing to have on your resume. Uh, I don't know how intense that coaching got and how intense the games were at the youth level, but if you ever watched games at the senior level, um, the atmosphere at those basketball games is something indescribable. Mm -hmm. Not like it's not like your typical NBA game where where fans are just chanting out defense or let's go Raptors. You know, there's actual anthems that, that uh, uh, the, the, the viewers are singing all throughout the game. Yeah. Stands. It literally feels like you're at a soccer game, but you're actually, actually at a basketball game. 
And um, that's some sort of intensity and passion that I hope that Darko will bring to Toronto. Yeah. Um, and as we said it before, he's, an, he's a very stand-up guy, very, very easy to talk to, it seems. But I don't think he's also going to be as soft as a coach. I think that he's going to know yeah. he knows where his place is and he knows he's going to find a way to get to, to get to each player in a very professional yet friendly way. But he, I think, is going to assert some sort of level of dominance and respect that I think the Raptors need right now. And, um, yeah, just, I, think, I think that's going to show through his coaching. I remember uh, Nikola Jokic was asked once about a booing because he was being booed for something um, in the NBA. And uh, a reporter asked him, was like, what was your reaction? And he's like, brother from Serbia. Okay, like essentially saying, like this is nothing. Okay, and you have no idea what I've seen in Serbia, what I've dealt with. So, um, to what you just said, makes sense. With those basketball games in Serbia, though, if you were to like, you know, bullet point notes, look at it, like, what is the difference between those kinds of basketball games on the court, style, things of that nature, versus the NBA? What are some like overarching uh, pillars that you would say? Defense. Defense, really? defense, defense. Um, Doc said it himself. I, I was it was it him that he said that said it or somebody else? But expect good defense from the Raptors. Yeah, he did say something like that. Yeah, we all know how nonchalant and soft the defense has become in the NBA, especially in the regular season. The playoffs, mm-hmm. the playoffs is, is something different. That's that's still pure basketball. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, you, we see how high scoring the games are in the NBA nowadays. Uh, so as as opposed to Europe, to Europe, the games are a lot more low scoring, and you can see that through the defense and the intensity. Yeah, and uh, it's all about teamwork as well. And there isn't you're not you're not really going to get one player leading up the, the ball, a point guard, and waiting 24 seconds to shoot it just himself. No, mm-hmm. a lot more going on. A lot more shooting in within the, the three point line. Big men are also used a lot more in 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 Europe. I would say centers are a lot more valuable in in Europe. And um, yeah, in so what defense, sense would you say? Uh, they're they're just used a lot more, I would say, and they they play that traditional role of a center a lot more often. I know that yeah. now in NBA centers can shoot three point three pointers right now, right? But in Europe, they kind of stick to the traditional ways where the center is mm-hmm. you know, under the net and he drives or needs to drive, passes it out when he needs to pass it out. There's a lot there's a lot more ball movement and defense when it comes to European basketball, and I would say that's the biggest difference in. Um, uh, between the comparison of NBA and and Europe. He did a podcast a few years ago, which has been widely touted as what everyone listened to to learn more about Darko. And to his credit, I mean, he hasn't been shy about talking about basketball and his vision. And it seems like from that standpoint that he knew, I got to do things like this, get people to know who I am. And it's going to make him a better, I mean, better personality for the me- for the media, which must be realistic. That does mean something. But also, like, he is his own brand in a way. Not maybe in the sense of what Nick Nurse was. I don't think we're going to see a, a DR hat, you know, from... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Darko coming out, but um, he knows that he has to get his name out there. And that's what he was doing. And uh, the knowledge that he was sharing, um, it was on uh, the Basketball Immersions podcast. Everyone's been talking about that. Um, it's a 0.5 style of basketball, uh, play together, avoiding isolation basketball and uh, getting everyone to accept their roles and constant movement and, you know, finding ways to get the, the most out of your, your roster and having everyone being able to do everything, which has actually been what the Raptors are trying to shoot for. They haven't got there. They're not even close, actually, but um, through some of his development journeys with some of the NBA players, uh, Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson, you can tell that he has implemented that concept in them. And yeah. you get excited about, with that, what's he going to be able to do with the pressure to Chua? You know, how can he, you know, expand Scotty Barnes? How can he help OG and Anobi just get a bit more crafty and a bit more cerebral with his offense and to get a different understanding of how he can be more dynamic offensively? The spacing on the Raptors has been a problem. And obviously the answer is shooting, but I still believe that there's more that they could do with their offense through cutting, smart cutting, player positioning, spacing that could help them just just become more more fluid with everything. And I think we're going to see that uh, this season with Darko. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an awkward stage in the Raptors history right now, you know, with yeah. Foster being questionable maybe. Um, it's definitely on paper, has, on paper hasn't been. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the weakest roster we've had um, in a while, yeah. the early 2000s, I would say. And uh, to work with this kind of team – isn't going to be easy. Um, you know, do we do we rebuild or not? Do we build out the team we have now? Is the real question. How is he going to get the best out of our players, especially our stars? Uh, yeah. Maybe there will be a new star that he'll get something out of that we don't know yet. Um, but, yeah, I think the shooting also really needs to be improved. Uh, I know that's another thing I forgot to mention. Shooting in Europe is, is huge as well. Um, a lot of good three-point shooters. Maybe we'll have some focus on that. Looking back at the the development side, so I was looking at some um, articles about Darko, and there was one where he he suggested that you know Lute Olson, who is I believe the coach of Arizona, or was the coach of Arizona, and uh, he saw the way he was developing players, and he really gravitated towards that. There's a, a portion here that I'm going to read about. Um, it was awesome just seeing the way he developed players. Everything was about players. I remember those guys; they practiced for like two and a half hours long, but the first hour and a half or 15 minutes or so was just player development. My whole career, I modeled kind of in that way. I really like working with young players and developing young players, getting that opportunity. I think that's the most rewarding thing when you see guys learning lessons and getting better tactically and just implementing those things in games. It's just the most rewarding thing to watch for a coach. Okay, so then you factor that in, and he also went a little bit more deeper into it on the Basketball Immersions podcast that I mentioned that um, film sessions are are good um, as a group, but at the same time, it's probably better to get them into smaller 
smaller portions of, of, of people and also individual, because then they're going to be more willing to talk. And you mentioned, you know, a meeting you had with uh, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker back in Phoenix, where, you know, initially the first film session with those two, it wasn't much, you know, back and forth communication. But then as they got going, now those guys were running the film session. They were talking things out and they were thinking about, you know, what, what are you seeing? What am I seeing? And it's that togetherness that I think is going to come back with the Raptors. I mean, we have no idea how disconnected this team got, but from what I'm hearing from Darko and how much Masai is praising and the fact that he is now the, the Raptors head coach, there is going to be such a huge shift in how the Raptors do things fundamentally, player to player in practices, in film sessions. Everything is going to change. And I think that's encouraging. And so much of that is contributing to the player he is or the, the coach he is and the background he has. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident why uh, Darko was chosen by Masai. No accident at all. Mm-hmm. It's all for a reason, and um, I'm not at all in doubt with uh, the Raptor situation right now. Uh, we may be a little out of you know out of dysfunctional situation, but um, I have trust in the management. I have trust in Masai, especially in Darko now, and um, I don't doubt that. Like you said, it, it's he's going to be working on some. I'm bringing yeah. bringing the team together. He's going to bring the team together in in uh, in a way that maybe Nick Nurse couldn't uh in, in mm-hmm. the recent couple of months and um yeah we'll just uh let's see when it materializes itself and i think that it will very soon this is kind of a broad question but hear me out yeah. family okay so i think everyone me even myself like i'm indian and family and like the core of your of your people um it's obviously very important but i see the extension with darko as well and seeing how humble all these Serbian NBA players are. I mean, they, it's a small community, but also um, they're big in heart. You could say, you know, what does what does the the word family mean in Serbia? Uh, what does family mean in Serbia? Well, we're all family in Serbia. We're, we're all very close, and when I, when I what I mean by that is within a family, parents, siblings, kids, children, grandparents. We're all very uh, close in contact with one another at all times. Uh, we've we've learned we've been, we're very disciplined in a sense that our parents, especially my parents, the first generation of Serbs that come in Toronto, have have been through a lot uh, in in their yeah. young adulthood. Like I said, uh, Serbia is especially in the '90s was a war torn country, and a lot of our parents and their parents uh, before them grew up in t- tough times and we through that we built a level of resilience that simply that we just don't let anything bring us down mm. and because of that because of those hard times we keep the family very close as Drake would say um uh because of those hardships that we that they've gone through and it's just something that I've grown up with being very close to my parents, my brother, my grandparents, and it's a, it's a level of love and respect that uh, is absolutely necessary in uh, in our culture in our country. I think that uh, family is just absolutely number one, and I think that's what unites us. I think we don't hold back when it comes to love and expressing that love amongst us. We're not we're not shy or embarrassed 
to to express that we we really show it through through yeah. uh, our family and and our friends even as well we uh we consider our friends family as well and you know we'll be we'll we'll be nice and humble to whoever we meet along the way that's how we were raised mm -hmm. and that's how i plan to raise my children and um yeah yeah, I mean, going through uh, that kind of war, which took place during the the '90s, um, I think it is gonna it's gonna shape people for better or for worse. But also, those who make it through, it's gonna make you that much closer because um, you're gonna you're gonna respect uh, each other more. You're gonna respect. You're gonna be proud of being Serbian, and that is something that also sticks out. It's not I'm Serbian. It's I'm Serbian. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I feel that from him too, that he, he says I'm Serbian and I am proud to be Serbian, yeah, which exactly. is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Another quote from here, uh, and this is from the, the World Cup where he was talking about, you know, the importance of player development in Serbia. And he says, just representing your country at the World, World Cup is a huge, huge, huge honor for me. That's three huges. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a huge honor uh, when you're when you get to represent your country, whether it's a player or a coach. Was that in regards to the 2019 World Cup? Um, that uh, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, that would have been because this that, article that, was from that, 2020. So yeah, yeah, that's a World Cup that we Serbs do not like talking about because uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> not do well. Yeah, which, uh, which sucks because it was it was so highly anticipated that World Cup, um, considering. Um, how good of a squad we have we had at the time. Mm -hmm. Jokic, Bogdanovic, uh, Teodosic played, uh, who also played in the NBA at one point. He was our best player at the time. Uh, Marjanovic, and it was just it was just so highly anticipated. Everyone was looking forward to it. I know that a lot of my um, family in Serbia was was uh, gonna fly out to. Uh, where was the World Cup held in China? I believe. Oh, yeah, I gotta look that up. I looked at it the other day. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta look it up. But yeah, go on. Could be wrong, but um, yeah. So it was just—it's a shame. It was just like a big buzzkill when uh, we we didn't get out of we didn't even get out of the group um, when it was projected that we would at least make the final. But uh, either way, um, the national team has been fairly successful. I would say. In the mm -hmm. decade, and uh, it is such a huge honor for players yeah. for that team. And uh, I can imagine how big of an honor it was for Dodico coming from from teaching youth kids to now, you know, being an assistant coach for the actual national team. Um, and the atmosphere for for our games is can, can be compared to club games. The 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 fans are just as crazy. Yeah, and the, the love for the game is is there, and I, I love watching. Serbian basketball because it's pure and uh, the players actually want to play for the team. You can tell and and we usually play well. Usually, yes. Yes. We all lose, right? There's only one winner. There's only one winner, right? And yeah. After that, there's a whole bunch of losers. As Masai Ujiri said at the trade deadline. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right? <laughs> um, on the family stuff, like you could look, don't look any further than Novak Djokovic and, uh, and uh, Nikola Jokic. Like there's Nikola Jokic, and then there are his brothers. There's Novak Djokovic, and then there is his father. His father, right? His brothers too, yeah. And his brothers too. So you keep brothers your family close. That's obviously really important. You mentioned the the Serbian basketball. So we talked about the defense, which I think, I mean, even just with 
the personnel that the Raptors have, the length that they already have. Um, I think the defense is going to be just fine. Um, offensively is where I think uh, they could make some strides. And I'm hoping that, you know, within his new vision for the Toronto Raptors, I hope we see more players off the bench because that means then your player, your starters are playing less minutes and we're seeing more opportunity. And once you have the structure down, this is the most exciting part about this is that he talks so much about, you know, you have your base, your foundation for your offense, but then you have options out of it. Um, if you get the base as a player, right, then you can innovate out of that. And that doesn't mean that you need to have a necessarily like a certain level of skill. Like you are just running the offense. Sure. It might be easier for someone who's six, eight or six, four to do certain aspects of it, but it's about knowing the offense and making quick decisions and being a step ahead and 0.5 basketball, as we, we mentioned earlier on. And that's, what's exciting is that once, if they're able to harness that and get a better understanding of their roles within the offense and everyone accepts it um, because they are specific, but at the same time it's also not because you know who the best player is all the time on the court so there's that aspect but cutting moving um, those quick twitch decisions that a player has to make on the fly if you can do that there's a role for you in this offense and obviously being able to knock down a shot would help too but uh, yeah uh, the Serbian uh, what I wanted to ask you about is the the Serbian offensive side of the game um, I would imagine there's a lots of movement. There's lots, there's lots of cutting and also probably, as you said, shooting is, is a big part of, of the, of the style. Exactly. So Serbia is, is well, well known for its shooting ability. Um, we've had such successful shooters in the past and Stjakovic, even Bogdanovic is shooting well. Jokic can shoot threes. It's a full can. can shoot threes. <laughs> <laughs> knock it down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a big it's a big part of the game. But big part of the Serbian game is shooting, shooting threes, and um, like like I mentioned before, ball movement, ball movement with you know outside of the three point line, within the three point line, and um, hopefully that could be brought to the Raptors a little more. I think part of shooting too is having the confidence to take the shot and having the 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 knowledge that your coaches and your teammates have confidence in you to take that shot too. Um, and that's why this fluid style of basketball where it's about the shot should come from here and it doesn't necessarily matter who is to take that shot. Now, also with the Raptors, catch and shoot threes, especially from the corners, was a point of emphasis and um, it didn't go all that well. But you combine a new, a new coaching staff, new identity, all that, that maybe some of those shots just start to go down a little bit more frequently. Um, hey, and I'll... Maybe we bring in some Serbian players too. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that actually. I wanted to get your your thoughts on this. Is when the coaching thing was going down, and there was the rumors around Sergio Scariolo, and my first thought was, could this just could this just like open up everything? Like, could the floodgates open? My conversations with CJ Miles, the podcast we do strictly hoops, and uh, just other things I've heard from other other uh, NBA players. I remember Marcus Saul uh, during the championship year. He was asked about uh, the Raptors not having a lot of uh, high draft picks. On their on their championship team, and someone asked him like, "Well, what are your thoughts on?" It? He's like, "It doesn't say much about the draft, does it?" Yeah. Because the talent is there. So I, I I'm starting to think that this could just be like the beginning of a lot of players from the European side. And already the Raptors are looking to conquer Africa. Okay, so that's already happening. But now you add in this additional element. Now European players are coming coming over, and they already have that European style of basketball. This could be the beginning of something crazy. And I want that. Well, yeah, let's start there. 
What's yeah, like, like you said it yourself, conquered Africa, onto Europe now. I mean, Raptors have always been known as an international team to begin with. We've had so many international players throughout the years. Um, I think mainly because those international players are more open to come to Canada as yeah. opposed to American players. And um, like I said, it could be, like you said, it could be some sort of new takeover. Uh, it's It could be cool. You know, it could be a kind of, if we bring in more European players, these aren't, I mean, these aren't European players from the NBA, is what I mean. So we have a little bit of both. With these European these players, have both played in Europe in the NBA, so they bring like a kind of like a double mix onto our team, and that'll yeah. that'll differentiate us uh, uh, compared to any, any other team in the NBA. And I think I'd personally love to see a Serbian player or two join join the Raptors. Uh, for example, a realistic signing, top of my head, would be Bogdanovic. For example, I would love to have him. Uh, yeah, yeah. he'd be great. He'd be great. Is he a free agent? Is he a free agent? I can't remember. Let me check. I know there was talks of him leaving Atlanta last year. While I look this up, I want to get again your thoughts on something. So, yeah. um, as we wrap up the podcast now, yeah. if you were to go into your crystal globe, yeah, Bogdan, he's going into a contract year. He's 30 years old, making $18 million. million. Uh, he is owed 2023, 2024, $18 million. So, he is, yeah, he's going into a contract year. Um, five years from now, if you were just to guess, or even like just put your your hopes and aspirations into this, what do you think is going to be the impact of Darko becoming head coach of the Toronto Raptors in Europe and in the NBA? I do believe that he'll he will bring a different style of play, and he will be bringing on these European players in. I, I'm I'm sure of it. And I feel like other NBA teams will follow. Um, we copycat spend, league, man. Copycat league. It, it is a copycat. It literally is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I've been seeing the success that Jokic has, and no one believed in him. No one thought that, you know, people were questioning his MVP, his MVP years, like, how is this guy the best player in the league? He's yet to win anything. And now he wins the chip. And now people are starting to, now, now people are starting to, are starting to realize, okay, maybe – Serbia is not to be messed with. Maybe these guys actually have something that we didn't know about. Yeah. And um, if Darko brings in these European players, Serbian players, I just have this vision that we will, as the Raptors, will be up there in the Eastern Conference fighting for, let's say, that top four position. I can see it. And we're going to be such a different team than the rest. And people are going to be influenced by that to base their teams off of what we're, we've been doing. As far as Europe, I think that as a sport, as, as a league, the NBA will expand even more so in Europe. Um, maybe in other continents it'll touch up on. Yeah. I don't know about that, but um, I think that Europe is on its way to get the respect that it deserves. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this is a perfect timing for Dodko to be hired right after Jokic's title. Um People are starting to realize, all right, this guy's Serb. These guys could be the real deal. You know, we've been underestimating them the past couple of years. And they're just resilient, you know, I think. And you see that in Jokic. I mean, many people say, like, this is this, this. I don't know if you saw his reaction when he when he even won the title or his like <laughs> celebration. In the it looks like the guy doesn't care. Yeah. Right? But but oh boy, does he care. He just doesn't show it. He he shows it all on the court. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk like Butler did against against Boston and and uh, no no it's not him. 
humble beginnings, right? He's not going to talk like that. He's not going to talk like that. You know, if you win or lose, he's not going to talk, period. And uh, if you watch if you watch tennis and Djokovic, same thing. Djokovic doesn't, you know, celebrate too hard when he wins his Grand Slam trophies, especially in the toughest matches in his career, dating back to 2019, uh, Wimbledon against Federer. It was a five-setter. Federer had... Oh, that was, that was huge. Remember that? Federer had yeah, two, I do. two championship points, uh, blew them. Djokovic com- comes back, wins the match. I don't know if you saw his reaction when he won that crazy match. He just simply looks at the crowd, looks to the left, looks to the left, looks to the right, walks up to the net, shakes Roger's hand, salutes the crowd, and that's it. He was so composed. Meanwhile, yeah. us at home, we're all like going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He's so yeah. composed. At at the peak of his at the peak of his abilities, the peak of his success, they're just very composed people, and I think that's a very scary sight for opponents. Mm-hmm. And um, if we bring some sort of that mentality to non-European players too, I think I think the Raptors can be a very dangerous team. I think about you know how is their scouting system going to change. Are they going to assign more to certain continents in the world? Uh, the assistant coaches they bring in. Are we going to see, you know, a couple of these summer league tryouts? Like, I'm actually very curious what their summer league roster is going to look like because who knows? Maybe Dark already has a few people in Europe that he's like, we should give these guys a shot, or he has people who are going to help him understand that these are guys that we should give a, give them a shot. And um, it's about the move and shooting ability that I think the Raptors have really been missing, and that's why there's some of the speculation that they're going to try and get, you know, Grady Dick. Uh, from Kansas, if he falls to the Raptors in the NBA draft, or maybe it's the Jordan Hawkins, whoever, that they're going to be the players that they go for because of the obvious needs that they have. But it's intriguing. Um, if the Raptors indeed, and that's all the indications are, suggest that they aren't looking to rebuild, it's more of a retool. They want to tinker in the margins. If that's what they're doing, then I want to see what Darko, what Darko's influence is going to be. In these coming days, coming months, how is how are the Raptors going to be looking different um, when it comes to next season and also you know going forward? I'm very excited. This is like it's truly a a new time for this franchise. And um, considering how things went last season, you can get excited about that. I mean, it's easy to go bah humbug about where the team is. You know, free agents, who's coming back, who's not. Is Fred VanVleet worth thirty million dollars? Yada yada yada. But this is a culture change. So much is going to change with this franchise over these next few seasons, and Darko is going to be at the center of it. And I'm, everything we know about him, I think there's reason to be excited about it. So, so this was awesome, man. Um, anything you want to you want to mention? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to see you a lot at at the arena going forward because there will be Serbian players coming to Scotiabank Arena, and you will be there interviewing them. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully I'll I'll do that. Hopefully, see more of you at, at games. Uh, thanks for up thanks for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Great talk. Um, I'm very I haven't been this excited for Raptor season in the last four years. I would say so. I think I think we'll definitely notice a difference in the the, the whole team already by next year. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Let's just leave it at that for now. You know, we don't want to get you know, too ahead of ourselves either, right? You know, uh, but uh, regardless, I think it's I think it's a good time to be a Raptors fan. I think it's an exciting time. A little bit of challenge is good. A little bit of uh, restructuring is good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah yeah. So uh, I think a little added like a, add a little bit of Serbian Serbian flavor to the team is good. 
but uh, long story. A little, a little what, what, one of those dishes that you mentioned at the beginning, one of those dishes, a little. There we go. There you Whatever go. that one was, I remember. I forget what it, what that was, but maybe, uh, maybe instead of pizza, they could be selling chevapi and keskavitsa at the uh, at Scotia. Yes, I and I think these are changes that have to happen. Seriously, the, I mean, if you want to embrace, you know, your head coach, this is your head coach, right? Awesome. You brought him in because of how different he is, and you wanted that European influence. So why aren't you going to do something like that? And you're and you're going to get you're going to get fans, man. You know how big uh, the Serbian community is here in Toronto. Twenty-five thousand. That could sell at the Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> start serving some 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 chivapi, serve some rakia, which is the Serbian brandy. You know, <laughs> is there a beer? Uh, it's a Serbian brandy. It's like a, yeah, but is a, there a beer? Oh, is there a Serbian beer? Yeah, there's yelling, there's yelling beer, there's love beer. It's different types of uh, Serbian beers that uh, that are good. But uh, we got to get together for a Serbian beer. Okay, yeah, we're man. gonna do that this season. Hey man, if if you if you want to go to a nice Serbian restaurant as well, let me know. Um, there's a bunch of them in the city. Um, I don't know if you heard of California. It's on uh, Danforth. California. I used to live along the Danforth, but it was around the the Greek the Greek part of it okay. at Cape. So it was yeah, mainly that. It's close, Pape, it's close to Cape Station. That's just like a, there's okay. Royal. Meats. I don't know if you've heard of Royal Meats in uh, Mississauga. Another one. Gotta write these down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just. Uh, it's it's a vibe the serving community i think i think uh bring a lot of energy and yeah looking forward to it looking forward to the raptor season regardless and um same it's gonna be it's exciting it's exciting 100 percent, man it's gonna be a long summer but uh excited for the start of the season see what happens yeah yeah. Serbian Toronto TV on YouTube. That's where you can find the interviews that Philip is going to be doing at uh, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bank and everywhere, and um, I, I don't doubt that you're going to get a Darko interview at some point this season. Just keep on plugging away. Uh, the man, I think he will gladly do a sit down for you for, for a few minutes because of you know his background and your background and your father's background and you guys can just have a great serbian chat it'd be awesome all right everyone this was really cool thank you man this was uh, a lot of fun rate review and subscribe on your podcast platforms we'll talk to you soon everyone thanks